the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com. Powered by EP Wealth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. All good things must come to an end on a day-by-day basis, and that's exactly what happened yesterday on the stock market. There is a... I don't know. Is it a countdown to catastrophe as far as the debt ceiling goes? I don't know. It's I say that because it always feels like, oh, here we are again. But every time we go get through it, Congress figures out a way. And yet Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said she'll implement extraordinary measures to keep the government from defaulting on its debt until probably early June. June's not that far away. And Congress needs to work out a deal pronto, 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 at least in the headline news. Right. And yet we always seem to get things done. And this Congress is starting with a we got to cut benefits. We have to change the way things are working. And the Republicans have their stance and the Democrats have their stance. And so far, not very functional. Meet my sister, Dis. Dysfunctional, right? NASDAQ was down 1.2% yesterday. It was a bad day. SP 500 was down 1.5%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 1.8%. So we started the year with a two week rally. And then yesterday we lost momentum. 10 year Treasury sits at 3.3%. Woo! I'm not saying like mortgages are looking attractive, but they're looking a lot more attractive than they were two, three months ago. Bitcoin is sitting at 20,762, having a really good year so far. And yet there's a lot of bad news. Another bankruptcy percolated in the world of digital coins. Not a big digital coin fan. Not a big digital coin fan. And some of the quotes that have been coming out recently are just almost, I don't want to say cruel because that's the wrong word. It's their... Honest, Nouriel Rubini says literally 90% of all crypto is a scam. That's a big word. I work in financial media and anytime I go on television or radio, if I say the word scam, it, it's like ding, 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 ding. Make sure you know what you're saying because you might get sued. It's a, it's a word in financials that is, it's, it's not, it, it's not, I'm going to say, it has a lot of negative implications. Rubini has been a vocal critic of cryptocurrencies, calling most of the industry conmen, which got the economists into a war of words with Binance CEO uh, several months ago. Sam Bankman Freed became a crypto billionaire and a mainstream star in the industry by the time he was 29. A year later, he lost his fortune as trust and money flowed out of the crypto space, sending investors to turmoil. Rubini's a he's. Dr. Doom, he's the guy who says the stock market's going to fall apart and it won't get back up. Just throw that down there for you. Got to be honest with you as much as I can. Um, 
Other stories of note. Tech layoffs continue. Yesterday, Microsoft announced plans to cut 10,000 employees. Amazon began a round of of layoffs. I was going to say cutoffs. I'm like, no, those are jeans. You know what's going to be interesting to me is Amazon Prime saw its first annual decline in membership. Here's a question for you. Is there anything on Amazon Prime television that you like well enough to say this is worth 130 just the shipping? Um, I'm at the point now where I don't need stuff in two days or less. And most things that I buy anyway from Amazon will come in two to three days. I don't know how, I don't know, you know? Well, once was a, a really incredible feature out to skipping shipping. Then it threw in the TV, it threw in the music, it threw in a lot of other perks. Uh, but tough times at Amazon. They used to have, or not, they, they still have a service called Amazon Smile. Where literally if you type amazon.com forward slash smile, you can donate to any charity that you choose, part of your purchase. And it was literally pennies per purchase, but it adds up. Yesterday they said that's going away. Um, the perks, the love, the crazy over the top headquarters. Tech is facing a little bit of a reckoning right now. The Avengers are going back to China. Disney said it will release two Marvel films in China in February. Ending what amounted to a three-year ban on the franchise. As Chinese censors and studios clashed and it cost studios hundreds of millions of dollars black panther wakanda forever and ant-man and the wasp quantum mania will be the first marvel movies to open in china the world's second largest movie market behind the united states a sign that china may be easing its restrictions on hollywood films interesting yesterday twitter had a garage sale which was i almost want to say embarrassing the bird statue sold for $100,000. Over 20,000 people registered bid, making this the most popular auction um, that I've ever seen. It ran an Enron-style auction um, where chairs, office chairs, uh, coffee cups, everything was sold. Twitter is pinching pennies into millions. Musk said yesterday that December... Uh, was on track to lose $3 billion net annually when he acquired it in October. The company's daily revenue is down at least 40%. Musk's version of saving ketchup packets in the fridge has induced uh, crazy measures. Laying off over 50% of the workers and not paying rent. Um, smaller moves like the auction yesterday. It, it perplexes me to see what's happening there. <laughs> because on one hand, I want to say... Is he turning right in front of our eyes into a billionaire uh, like Howard Hughes? Like, is he going to grow long fingernails next? New Zealand's prime minister, Jacinda Ardern, she unexpectedly announced yesterday that she will step down by February 7th, saying she didn't have enough in the tank to continue doing the role. Um, she was pretty well respected, pretty, pretty liberal. Netflix is hiring a flight attendant for its corporate jet. It says the right candidate will be discreet and could make as much as $385,000 a year. I just have that weird, what, why, why are you asking a flight attendant to be discreet in a job application? 
Donald Trump's campaign has asked Facebook CEO Meta to let the former president back on. That's going to be a decision, I think, this week or as early as this week. The U.S. arrested a former crypto exchange, Bitslato, a Russian national who ran the Hong Kong-based company, claiming the site was used to launder $700 million launder. Elsewhere out there, um, it's a big day. We're early in the year, but we're in earnings season, which is something that I absolutely love and adore. Because every 90 days, Wall Street makes companies who are publicly traded publicly disclose. Housing starts to climb 1.4% month over month in December to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 1.3 million units. Total building permits decline 1.6% month over month. When it comes to housing, the permits are future activity for the United States. If you've ever known a construction worker, was a construction worker, dated a construction worker, permits are important. That means I'm going to have a job in six months. If I'm going to build a shack in the back of my home so that I can have a granny unit, that means I'm going to be ordering wood. That means someone's going to have to go down to city hall with a permit. There's going to be pipe spot. There's going to be shingles, shingled. Do you shingle? What's the action verb for shingling? Shingling? Shingled. I don't even know anymore. Seasonally adjusted annual rates don't mean a lot to you and me, but the permits being down tells you that's not great. New family starts increased by 11.3% month over month, even though total starts recorded a month over month decrease. This element lends some optimism regarding a sector that has been pressured by rising interest rates and decreasing affordability. Building permits is a leading indicator, decreasing for the third consecutive month. Oh, 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 it's Thursday. Thursday is one of my, I'm not going to say favorite days of the week. But there's a consistency to it. If you're picking up what I'm putting down, jobless claims, initial jobless claims, you're fired. Go get unemployment. We're laying you off. Unemployment's a weird process, especially if you're an employer. Um, a case is, is, is usually thrown down and people have to decide. Was the employee fired for being a jerk or was the employee let go because business is bad? And who pays, whether it's the state or, you know, the company, what percentage is usually decided in that first time unemployment claims. So the key takeaway on initial jobless claims decreasing 15,000 to 190,000 is ultimately that new claims were at their lowest level since late September, implying no new difficulties in the labor market that could put a quick stop to the Fed's hiking cycle. If people were being like, and again, we're going to start seeing some more numbers. We started this segment talking about Microsoft and Amazon cutting workers. 30. Will that be enough to create the first time unemployment claims? Between those two companies, they've announced 28,000 cuts. And today the numbers came in um, at 190,000. Interesting, right? You can start seeing where things add up, and there's a lot of other companies on the too. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Don't want to work forever? Check out the Retirement Planning Guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth. 
Roughly 30 years ago, I started working with the goal of ultimately creating wealth, starting a family. And I never wanted to say this, retiring. Not retiring on Social Security because I always heard that wasn't enough. I heard it was a safety net. So the whole theme of the show has really become about retirement in my mind as I've already had the career, as I've had the family. I've checked some boxes along the way. Let's talk retirement. Joining me today, Stephanie Richmond. She's a regional director and certified financial planner with EP Wealth. Stephanie, I have a quick question for you. Um, My career has been on. Good morning. Um, my career has been on, light switch on, but at some point in time, it's going to be time to retire. I think we all see it happening, whether we see it dramatically in baseball and football athletes or what you and I do, working the day job for 20 to 30 years and then thinking about retirement. What do we need to know as a certified financial planner at EPWell? What's your What's your take on this? What's your view? Well, thank you for asking, Rob, and good morning. Um, You know, uh, I think a lot of individuals and couples think retirement is about, you know, one moment you're working and one moment you're not, right? Right. And one one of the things I realized or I've learned over the years is that a lot of people are very, very nervous about that, right? They're they're almost frightened by it because they don't know what's going to happen when the switch turns off, right? So... What I what I talk to people about is, you know, um, do you you know what what do you plan to do? I ask questions such as, you know, do you are you looking to do something new, um, or do you just want to stop and relax? Um, do you want to pursue a passion project? That type of thing. What are you dreaming about? Because it doesn't mean your life stops when you retire, right? Many For some of people are living. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, no. For some people, I think it does kind of stop. Um... And that's that's horrible. That's sad. My mom, when she, she got to a certain age, she just started watching television. But you're talking about something more exciting. Absolutely, absolutely. You know that you know the, the the old definition of retirement is to depart and go away. But that's not the modern definition. Um, you know, so many people I meet are are you know even taking a gap year to test retirement out these days. I have I have one couple. Um, that decided to spend three months in an Airbnb in four different cities to see where they wanted to live next, right? Cool. Yeah. And you know, pretty cool, right? And I have I have another I know I have another um, client I'm working with right now who decided to take a year off to help their father, you know, as he uh, you know as his life transitions. And you know, one of the most important things to keep in mind in looking at whatever is next, you know, whether it's the Airbnb, whether it's helping family members before you go back to work, um, whether it's just simply taking a year off to travel to test out what retirement might feel like, um, it's important to plan, right? And that's one of the things that I love to talk about with people. In fact, you know, I say, look, you know, just dream. You know, we all love to daydream and think about what's next. But very few of us put um, our plans on paper to test it out to see if it's going to work. And so I say dream. Dream the way you want to and don't edit yourself. And that's a, then let's apply some numbers to the equation. So how much is it going to cost you to do that? You know, and will it work? Can you still, can you still maintain your lifestyle and lead, you know, lead the life you want? And through planning, we can figure that out. I, you know, it's something I love to do every day. So as a CFP, I don't know if you're 
uh, job title is, is well known by the average person. But yeah, you, you deal with that big transition into retirement years and setting up a budget, setting up income streams. That's the thing that has me most concerned because the, as an amateur, I'm not a CFP. Um, I've worked in the markets for many, many years, but all I know is that I, when I was 18 years old, I was like, I want $1 million so I could retire. And my goal was to retire on a beach. San Diego was probably in my head with a partner and we'd sell oranges on the beach. It was a joke, kind of. It worked on radio, kind of. But it was a goal and it was something I could have come to you and you could have laughed at me about. Um, triggering conversations with clients, that's kind of what this is about, the big transition um, the assumption of a retirement income plan by me was very naive, $1 million. What do you think it takes to retire in this day and age? Because it is a little different. And I, I love the ideas of using Airbnbs as uh, let's go check out this market. Let's go check out these hospitals and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good question, Rob. And I will say, honestly, it's different for everybody. And yeah. that's really important to keep in mind, right? A million dollars, obviously, we know, especially with inflation, the way it was last year and bill is this year doesn't go as far as it once was. And, you know, very, very few people have pension income these days, right? So most of us are going to retire with Social Security, right? And at some point, you know, if you take a deep look at your Social Security statement, you'll find, right, that it's it looks like the Social Security Benefit is actually going to go down somewhere, you know, in the 2030s. And so um, retiring on Social Security is not going to be enough, right? So you've got to what you need to look at and what I can help you with, with what any certified financial planner can help you with is, you know, how do you fill the gap between your social security and maybe you have some rental income or something and what you need to spend, right? Or maybe you, you know, do you need to get a part-time job to help fill the gap? So again, what you have in the bank is going to be, what you need to have in the bank is going to be different for everybody. But again, through planning, we can figure that out. And I have a great story of, um, uh, um, an individual I work with right now, and it's actually it's the gentleman who decided to take the gap year to help his father. Okay. And he said, "Well, can I just retire?" And uh, and I said, "Well, I don't know. Let's check it out." And so he finally sat down to look at his expenses and what it would cost. And I mean, he's fifty six years old, so he's young, right? And uh, we put pen to paper, and what we realized is, yes, he could take the gap year, but he'd have to change his lifestyle a little bit to fully retire. So we were able to back test, hey, you know, if you go back to work and earn X dollars for just three years, right, you'll mm-hmm. actually be able to make it. And and you can do it with ease. You know, you don't have to go back to the grind you were working once working in. That's pretty very excited cool. about that. Very cool. I want to say this. and You're going to laugh when I say this. We have got about two minutes left, so we got to be tight. Um, you're kind of more of a psychologist or a priest when it comes to talking with clients and talking about like, this is what it could look like and getting them to confess and being honest with you financially speaking. Is that fair to say that the relationship is super important to have with the CFP where you trust each other? Completely, completely. I mean, it's really important for, for, you know, for, for me to be honest and, and ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. And it, it is really, I mean, it's so satisfying for me when, you know, a client, my clients actually are honest on the other side too. And I do it, you know, I consider it coaching, right? Um, you can call me a psychologist, you can call me a coach, but either way, um, you know, it, we get to know each other really deeply through this process and trust is a really big element in it. Thanks very much. It's all about maintaining the lifestyle, 
desires, income. We've got about 30 seconds, Stephanie. Is there any last thoughts on, you know, should people be writing stuff down? Should they be, uh, you know, figuring out five years left, 10 years left of working? What should people be doing as they approach this transition? Well, first off, yes, I I love what you said. I would absolutely write your dreams down. And then, you know, as you're going to, you know, as you're, as you're going through your days, you know, start putting pen to paper and say, where will I be? Right. How much, you know, what will I spend? What do I want to do when I'm there? And um, collect your thoughts and then bring them to your planner. And we can help you check out whether you're going to be able to live that dream. You're going to be hearing a lot more of Stephanie Richmond on this show. She's regional director and certified financial planner with EP Wealth. Stephanie Richmond, thanks very much. This interview featured on the Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at robblack.com. Radio and podcasting is what I would refer to as narrow casting. Radio used to be one of like 10 stations in your market. Now there's hundreds of stations. And the opinions are very tight. I'm smiling right now, and you can't see that because I was super stoked to get Stephanie Richmond on, CFP and Regional Director at EP Wealth. Not only do I work in the same industry with her, at the same company with her, but I want to get more voices on the air other than just me and Chad or uh, me and Patrick O'Hare because it's not lost on me that we all need to retire and we don't all look like male Caucasians um, working on a coast. I want to try to make the show as successful as possible for people in Phoenix, for people in Mississippi. Emma, cookletta, cookletta, ah, hunchback, letter, hunchback, letter. Like, I want to make this work. Super happy right now that we got a woman on the show. And I know you're saying, are you that happy? Yeah. I'm not going to break format. I'm still going to bring it hard to the microphone, to the air chair every day with you. I pledge if you listen, I'm doing the best I can to get you to retirement. But I'm also going to get more voices on. Now, that brings some concern to me. Because sometimes we can go off on the wrong direction. E-Trade is bringing back the baby. I know you're saying, where are you going with this? Super Bowl ad commercial. Do you remember the baby? E-Trade was a very, very sexy, sexy kind of investment back in 2000. Um, Everyone was, not everyone, people were quitting their jobs to become day traders. And E-Trade was the greatest platform because it had the lowest cost per transaction for day traders. I'm not endorsing day trading. But I saw what's happening in Bitcoin and crypto. We've seen it before. It's 20 years ago in day trading. People quitting legit jobs to try to become successful, beat the system, not going to college to become online day traders. Just trying to do it from the home, do it from the couch. And E-Trade tried to take advantage of that a little bit by doing a commercial during the Super Bowl that had a baby. It's so easy that even a baby can do it. That's a flag that you might be in over your head. Work with me for just a second. Stay with me on this concept. Um, Robinhood, you know Robinhood, right? They're even cheaper than E-Trade. They're free to trade. But we what we learned is that the downside on it being free is that there was an order flow problem where you would say, I want to buy 100 shares of Microsoft. And it's, let's say it's, or XYZ, that's even better. I want to buy 100 shares of XYZ. And it's at $100 a share. They would get to you for $100.50 and they would keep that 50 cents. Same thing on the buy, same thing on the sell. There was kind of like they could shop it around and get the best pricing. 
unless you put in a specific, this is how much I want to pay. $100, not a penny more, not a penny less. And then you had to pay a little higher fee. So when I see things like the E-Trade baby commercial, I get concerned. When you saw FTX create a billionaire out of a 28-year-old kid out of college, you're like, that's a little bit young to be a billionaire. You should put in your time before you live on islands with supermodels. At least 35, right? <laughs> we all have kind of an assumption. But Robinhood now is launching a media platform. And that to me is a concern because Robinhood does crypto and day trading, right? So the entity is going to build on the success of Robinhood's popular daily market newsletter, Snacks. It's called Snacks, and it's going to serve as a branding and customer acquisition tool, which is fantastic. The show that I'm doing right now is a branding and acquisition, customer acquisition tool for EP Wealth. We would love to have you as a client. But I have to stay true to the show. I can't have a baby talking. I can't. Um, if you hear me tossing it to a sexy weather lady, hey, sexy weather lady, what's the weather look like out today? You know that I'm going down the wrong path. The information has to be solid. So today, Robinhood is saying that they're going to be basically getting into the entertainment business. And I'm like, isn't Robinhood a, a platform for buying and selling cryptocurrency and stocks? Like, I'm confused. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, but it's a flag in my head. Are you with me? Are you against me? Do you see what I'm saying? Some other headlines out there. Amazon.com sent emails out to let their employees know you've been fired. <laughs> um, that's not bad to you and me, but if I was an 18-year-old kid, I'd be like, that's rude. I'm never working for that company. They should at least have the decency to, to bring me in the office and embarrass me and humiliate me and tell me I'm being let go. Doing it by an email is just wrong, but it's also the 21st century. And maybe it's the right way of doing it. I don't know. Other headlines out there that we can digest today. Usain Bolt. At one point in time, the world's fastest man. I'm pretty sure that in a 100-meter dash, he can give me a 90-meter head start, and he's still going to beat me. Um, He just said that there's a $12 million hole in his bank account that he's been ripped off by his, his management. It's worthy of note. One of the things I love about the CFP designation is that they they basically pledge to become fiduciaries. And they're, in theory, never, ever, never allowed to put their own interest ahead of yours. It's difference, it's difference between an insurance agent who's selling you commission products that you do should question. Like, I wonder if this annuity is really best for me, or did I just pay $100,000 and he took $6,000 and sent his kid to college? That's a lot of money to give up. It's never that extreme of an example, but that's kind of how annuities work. They're high fees, high commission products, because you're getting both insurance product as well as investment product. I prefer the CFP approach, who is a fiduciary, who works in your best interest, who gets to know you. What we learned from having Stephanie on the show, I, I said something, I, I've never said this. I've never said it to Chad, but you're kind of like a priest. I've said to Chad, like, I really like the way you handle your customer relationships. You relate with the person. Chad will go out and get a pizza with his clients. I think that's really interesting because then he is in a better position to give financial advice when he sees how they live. Same thing with Stephanie. When I was like, you really got to teach your clients to be honest with you. And she said something back to me. She goes, I have to be honest with them. Sometimes I have to say things like, nope, you need to work three more years. And that's not easy to say. In, in an industry, in a world where, you know, let's get on to the next one, next one, next one. Um, 
it's nice to see relationships being valued. Elvis and the movie After Sun are amongst the BAFTA Film Award nominees. There's too many award shows. Let's start with that. Is BAFTA the British? Is it the Bay Area? I don't even know. It doesn't matter to me, right? Point being is that Elvis was a fascinating movie, and I really enjoyed it. It took me three attempts to get through it. I think it's a Time Warner HBO Max movie, which I'm going to say on record, I'm not a marketing expert. I'm not an advertising expert, but the people at HBO right now, they're making a huge mistake. They're changing the name of the platform to Max. HBO is super high quality. Those three letters tell me super high quality TV shows, better than ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox. So Elvis, you're learning a quick lesson right now as his daughter has passed away, what it looks like to inherit money and how much do celebrities really have and not have. And his management company, huge mistake for the wealth and generations of Elvis's children. They sold the rights to his music in the seventies and eighties, way too early compared to what are we seeing? People like Taylor Swift being valued at hundreds of millions of dollars. Anyway, Elvis, fun movie. I enjoyed it, but it took a couple times to get through because it's different. It's not normal. Thanks for being different and not normal. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. One of the things that stinks about getting older is sometimes you miss things that are right in front of you. And yeah, I'm looking at you pickleball. It's funny that I'm talking about this, but one of the headlines out this morning is that the tennis channel is embracing pickleball. And I'm like, okay, I don't get it. It's kind of a form of tennis. I see it at the park and people are getting dressed up, spending money on clothes. It's kind of a fad. Will it last? I don't know. To me, that's how I'm approaching it. That makes me feel old. Because not only is it is it working, I think it's rocking right now. The tennis channel diving deeper into America's fastest growing sport. Whoa. There's a major league pickleball um, tournament that they're going to broadcast the semifinals and finals of. ESPN has to be saying to themselves, wait, wait, the tennis channel got the rights to this? Because doesn't ESPN have like ESPN 1, ESPN 2, ESPN College, ESPN Pickleball? No, they don't have Pickleball. That went to the Tennis Channel. Um, but I feel like I've missed it. I, 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 36 million Americans played Pickleball last year? No, but yes. For me, I feel okay missing some trends. But also, I like to have a team of experts working with me to make sure that I don't miss trends in my life um is there an investment in pickleball no should they change their name in pickleball at this point in time probably because it doesn't sound like a sport it sounds like a pickle it sounds like something you get with a side of fries and i'm just showing you again you sound like an old man rob i do sound like an old man naomi osaka james blake kim kleister sam query nick krikios lindsey davenport are just some of the tennis players who have invested in professional pickleball okay and you say i'm not a professional tennis player You're seeing athletes like Tom Brady, LeBron James investing in Uh, NFL free agent Odell Beckham is joining a group ownership group in Washington, D.C. 
again, is there going to be an investment in this? Probably not. Will companies like Lululemon um, or Gap with their Athletica brand, will they embrace pickleball clothing as stylish? Probably. But to me, that's a feather in the hat. That's not the, the meat of the story per se. The network, the tennis channel is uniquely positioned to broadcast pickleball after its 20 years of broadcasting tennis. <laughs> From a marketing standpoint, the commercials that you're going to see on the tennis channel are pretty good. Because pickleball, you kind of associate with going to a tennis club. Tennis clubs aren't free. Tennis clubs cost money. And you kind of put all this together and you see the celebrities. Will it work? I don't know. I'm going to drop the subject right there because I have nowhere to go with that story other than Rob Black missed it. 36 million Americans played pickleball last year. I'd almost call BS on that, but it's exciting. The ball is in action about 40% of the time compared with tennis where it's in action about 15% of the time. Um, yeah, that, that's the reason I don't watch a lot of tennis. Although that Nick Kyrgios, um, his name is Nick Curious, but it's K-Y-R-G-I-O-S or something like that. It's it's really one of those tough ones to say. Netflix just came out with a, a, a series on tennis. And they're going through the different athletes. And they did the first one they did with Nick. And Nick is the guy who breaks rackets. He's the guy who screams at uh, chair refs. He's he's the bad boy. They made him really human. Netflix did a really nice job with that. Netflix is going to be reporting earnings. And we're going to be watching that one because it's no longer about how many subscribers they can get. It's how much revenue per user they can get. Every American has Netflix if they want Netflix. And one of the things that Netflix has said is we need programming that's compelling. But one of the things that they also need is to stop sharing passwords. Um, I take a funny approach to sharing a passwords. I'm not a big fan. Now, again, I have a little bit more wealth than the average person, so I don't mind subscriptions. And that's the thing that really, really stinks in our society. It's those that have money to pay for subscriptions. They're getting access to better news and potentially better broadcast television, right? <clears throat> I can't watch what's on ABC, NBC, CBS anymore at 8 o'clock. If it's a game show that has a snarky comedian, okay, maybe I can tune into that for a couple minutes. But it's not appointment TV like Sunday night on HBO, The Last of Us. What a show. That is based on a video game, and where that goes is going to be a lot of fun. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Don't spoil it for yourself. It's a lot of fun. So they got onto something good there. So Netflix is onto this tennis channel or tennis show, which is piggybacking kind of on, on pickleball, right? You see the little bit of it, maybe? Um, but they've done a really nice job. So Netflix now is getting into video gaming. And making of video games into TV shows is a big thing, but also where are the eyeballs at? My kids spend a lot of their eyeballs on video games. I spend a lot of my eyeballs on HBO and Netflix in the evening. So how much revenue can they get per user and the subscription model? You know, at one point in time, what was it? $7.99 for three DVDs, or you could pay like $8.99 for or two DVDs for $7.99, three DVDs for $10.99. They had this little tier system and you'd get it in the mail and you didn't have to pay for shipping. And there was no late fees. If you didn't watch it on Friday because you got into a dinner date with your wife, you didn't get to it on Saturday because your kids throw up and, you, oh, dang it, you got to return it on Sunday. No, they, they they broke the model of you get it for a two days, three days window 
And if you don't rewind it, they're going to charge you all that one away with DVDs. But you can kind of see how Netflix has evolved, right? Now, the way they're evolving, it, they're running out of subscribers. So a friend of mine, and I, I hate saying this because you know that I don't have a lot of friends. So you could probably figure out who it is. A friend of mine <laughs> was sharing the password for Netflix with one of his friends. So... And uh, I called him up a couple weeks ago. I said, I hear Netflix is cracking down on password sharing. What's that look like? He goes, oh, we got kicked off. If we don't pay, we don't play. And I'm like, wow. So that's what we're going to be looking for in Netflix's quarterly earnings. The story is about how you can get more people to pay. And one of the things they did was they got into advertising, going with the commercial route. It used to be, let's binge watch with no commercials. Now it's binge watch with commercials. They're doing a smart thing. They're front loading the commercials into the, like the first two or three minutes. So that it doesn't interrupt the experience of, of the show. But I, I do find Netflix a really fun company to pay attention to. And they've taken advantage of opportunities from VCR tapes that had to be rewound and returned after two to three days to DVDs to send it back when you want to unlimited DVDs and back when you want to commercial free high definition then you had to pay a little extra premium for that um five households are five streamers and now they're going after the ip addresses so you're, you're watching the evolution it's a fun company to eyeball in my opinion um and it tells a great story and 20 years from now we're gonna be like i can't believe we used to have vcr cassettes kids won't even understand it it's like phone booths Here's like here's an example where I used to to beat the system, and I, my dad embarrassed me. And this is probably why I pay for subscriptions to everything. I was in a bowling league when I was twelve years old. I've never told this story, and I would be dropped off. And when it was time to pick me up, I would call my mom. But instead of spending a quarter to let the call go through and give AT and T the money, then the 25 cents for connecting a call to my home, I would hang up after one ring and my mom knew, come pick me up. I'm like, dad, I'm 12. I'm not really ripping. It's a quarter. My dad guilted me to the point where I'm like, you can't be ripping off companies. Is that funny? I just figured that out. What a weird disclosure to tell you. Uh, it goes to the guilt that my father threw on me. A lot of the sins of my father have become the, the problems in my head today, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Jamie Dimon is saying Congress shouldn't play games with the creditworthiness of the United States government. And I agree. At one point in time, I, if you said Jamie Dimon's going to run for president, I, I, I said I would have voted for him. I think he's a great CEO. I think he says it like he, he, he sees it. Yeah, you could say Trump was that guy, but I don't think Trump has the, the financial experience or the depth of knowledge or the true billion-dollar company under his control. Jamie Dimon does. Um, and when he talks, I listen to the point that I use a Google alert on probably 20 people so that when they're in the news, I get to see it. Um, but he's the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase. He's in Davos right now. I don't know how I feel about Davos. To me, it feels kind of like a weird world, right? It's a weird club of come to Davos. You actually have to pay to go to Davos to be part of this forum, which is fascinating because it's pay to play. See how subscriptions work? If you want to be a world influencer, you have to have some world money. So Diamond is saying Congress should not 
fight over the budget. They should solve this because you want the U.S. economy. We have to borrow a lot of money. And if we default on one payment, our credit worthiness is to be cut, which means we're going to have to pay more to borrow money in the future. I could not agree more with Jamie Dimon. Jamie Dimon for president. I don't know. I still would want that. Eh. <laughs> you see where I'm going at with that, right? When I was younger, I was like, he's a businessman. He's, he's a businessman. He's successful. And I, I don't know if politicians are necessarily, uh, I don't know. You know, 300 years ago when we sent people to Congress, when we first came up with this idea 250 years ago, we were sending farmers and they didn't have staffs of 300, 400, 500 people. So I long for the days of the farmers running the country. And I probably don't long for those days, to be honest with you. I want to get a game of pickleball going. I don't know anything about it. I know it's a smaller court, and I know it's fast on the rise. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. If you have any questions, drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Financial seminars coming up. Listen during the commercials, one in February, one in March. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.